The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. And one of the things that God explained to me, which he wants me to share with you, is that God wants you to have life and live it to the full, live it till it overflows. Hallelujah. He wants you to walk in the abundant life. He wants you to walk in the abundant life. He doesn't want you to just get by. He doesn't want you to just survive or manage. God wants you to live the abundant life, the rich life, the glorious life that you were born to live. Hallelujah. There is a kind of life we were born to live. Glory to God. We are sons and daughters of the king. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. We have not come, you know, to, you know, to, we did not come here to accompany some people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have all been called individually to live a life that brings him glory, that brings him honor, that brings him adoration. That when we look at your life, we can, your life will glorify him. Your life will speak about his glory. There's a place in the Psalms where the psalmist said, you know, that my glory will praise you and it will not be silent. Hallelujah. The glory that flows forth out of my life will glorify God and it will not be silent. And that is the kind of life you have when you are, you know, living a life that is failure proof. Glory to God. And he said that the, the, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that we need to look at our lives that that's, you know, those three things, you know, that's God, the devil's primary way of getting at us. Hallelujah. It wants to steal from us. It wants to kill. It wants to destroy. That is the mission of Satan. And one of the things that he explained is that when you see in any area of your life, when you see um, a ministry, any association, any group, or anything that wants to steal or kill or destroy, then you can trace it back to the source that Satan is behind all this. When you see stealing and killing and destruction, you can look back and know who is behind it. Are we together? And he said in John chapter 7, he said he's the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd does not say, I have a hundred sheep, I will kill 20 of them, then these remaining 80, they will now follow me because I just want them to follow me by force. Says the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. Hallelujah. But he's a thief that wants to steal from us or to kill and to destroy. So he, then he showed me in Luke chapter 4, which we are going to, you know, dwell on a great deal. Luke chapter 4 from verse 1, how Satan came to Jesus. And he was still explaining to me that how the operations of the thief. Said so Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, returned from Jordan and he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And for 40 days he was tempted of the devil, and in those days he did it nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Hallelujah. And one of the things that God says, which he saying to you this morning, is that Satan comes to attack, to steal, to kill, where we are most vulnerable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he begins to offer you stone and tells you to command stone to be made bread. Things that ordinarily you will not think of. Things that ordinarily you will not consider because he's a thief now and he knows that you're desperate. He knows you're at that place where, you know, the man should come now. 
and the man has not come. Hallelujah. But an unbelieving man begins to dance around you that is not in line with your purpose, not has no way of bearing with where you are going. Hallelujah. But he says, this stone, you can call it bread. He begins to give suggestions to a married person, you know, to begin to walk the path of adultery, to have needs met in the house. Ordinarily, she wouldn't do it. But now she's desperate. Hallelujah. And sometimes it's a man. Now, there is desperation. But that's the ministry of the thief. He wants to come for that home. He wants to come for the children. He wants to come for the image of marriage and have them grow up with distorted images. So he brings adultery and brings all manner of things to the home or gets a, 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 a single woman, gets the person completely off course. He says, you can call stone bread. But that's a, that's a thief. That's a thief. And why are we saying it? Because God wants you to live life, live it to the full, live it to the overflows, so that you can identify the ministry of the thief. Hallelujah. And so that you can walk the life of victory that you were born to live. Say, I choose the victorious life. Hallelujah. Then the youth is raised in a Christian home. They had surplus. Everything was going on fine. Then things were no longer the same in the house. So now he's under pressure. He still needs to have his hand out. He still needs to go to college. And then he begins to hang out. People that ordinarily should just be cosmates. They shouldn't be his friends. But now he's calling people that shouldn't be friends, friends. Because they have some dough and he doesn't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whereas the Bible says that evil communication does what? Corrupts good manners. Bible says iron sharpens iron. Hallelujah. A man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Have you tried to use your knife to cut something, to cut wood? Do you know what happens to the knife? It does the knife. Are, are we together? Am I right or am I right? That what happens when we go around evil company, young men and young ladies in the house. Hallelujah. There is pressure now, so you want to do what you shouldn't ordinarily be doing. Why? Because the devil is saying, let's come stone bread. But the devil is a liar. Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the man of God. Hallelujah. So even when he wants to kill you, you know, to steal from you, to destroy, and he wants to distract you because he knows you are vulnerable in these areas, you'll get back to the word of God and say, what does the word of God promise me? What does he say to me as a single? What does he say to me as a man? What God does he say? Says I've been young and now I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. If I can look to him, my needs will be met. The house rent will be paid. The school fees will be paid. Our needs of the family will be taken care of. And I need no good Samaritan who wants to take me to hell. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are we together? The other way the devil comes through at us is through our desires. Now, the first one is still desire. Hallelujah. But now in that instance, you are vulnerable. So he saw that you were desperate. Then he attacked. But now this is desire that comes out of what you just, you want to do. What is pleasing to you. Bible calls it the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. The greedy longings of the eyes. What we just see. A desire for the good life. Hallelujah. And it turns longing, you know, that you're willing to indulge yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
an intense longing, a desire for money or for the things of life, up to the point where you're ready to just do anything to have those things. Hallelujah. Not because you are desperate. Not because you are old. In fact, you just came out of school. Then this young guy comes by in one car you have never seen before. And it looks like, wow, this is the major break I've been praying for. But you know he doesn't have eternal life. Well, you got carried away with things. But not you in this church in the name of Jesus. Not you in this church in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I hear good Christian people, they say, oh, they got involved with a heathen. Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Am I right or am I right? And the scriptures cannot be broken. First John chapter 2 verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Uh, hallelujah. Another version says, Our foolish pride comes from this world, and so do our selfish desires, and our desire to have everything we see. None of this comes from the Father. And the world passes away and the loss thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. He that does the will of God is failure proof. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He that does the will of God is what? It's failure proof. Hallelujah. So we won't be distracted. Hallelujah. That he looks all that. The beauty is fine. The looks is fine, the pocket is fine, the accommodation is fine, you know, the things are fine. You know, does not make it God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, and sometimes what people do in church is they hide that information. And then the pastor is not aware. And suddenly, I say suddenly, say suddenly. Say we are having introduction. And you are saying why, how, when. Because the pastor is not even aware that they have decided to get involved in a relationship because they couldn't even discuss the relationship with pastor. But not people in this church. Amen. I say not you because I'm persuaded of better things of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Or for some, they are married, but you just like things. It's not meeting up. Because it's not meeting up then they are looking outside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. He says, what has all this got to do with failure-proof living? This is how the devil brings failed marriages, failed homes, failed academics. You know, people get chucked out of school and so on and so forth because the devil came and they were not aware it was the devil that came for them. But not you in the name of Jesus. Then for the married, they are now making it look like there's a problem in the house. Whereas they're already distracted. There's already somebody outside that is looking like he's all that. And the man at home is no longer all that. So there is distraction. But I believe they are not in church this morning. Am I right? Or even if you are getting distracted, at least the word of God can make your head correct, right? It can straighten anything that is out of order. You know, sometimes our head is not correct. Yeah, you don't believe it. Why does the Bible talk about the washing of water by the word? We need to wash it. We need to keep renewing it. So that it can think straight and think correctly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
And for some youth, it's ungodly desire for fun, for pleasure. Fun without boundaries. Fun that sets aside the boundaries that the word of God has set. A desire to do what others are doing. It just feels fun. I remember I was going on evangelism in my neighborhood one time. And I said, oh, come to church. And he said, we're there before. Said the joy of the Holy Ghost. Don't know what you are calling for. eh? But there's sure joy in the house. (laughs) Hallelujah. And he said, no, I mean fun. Hallelujah. But thank God because we can have fun in church with boundaries. But the fun that sets aside the boundaries of God and makes a virgin begins to feel uncomfortable because it's a virgin. It's no longer fun. It's foolishness. And it's a recipe for failure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man cannot send the, set the boundaries for his life. No more than a Toyota Camry's determine where to ride. Think I, I need to be flying in the air. Why am I on land? The Toyota Camry can't determine that. Boundaries are set by the manufacturer. Glory to God. Glory to God. And if we are going to live a life that is failure proof, then we are going to live our lives based on the manual that has been set by the manufacturer. Man is a created being. He cannot determine his boundaries. That's why no matter what people say, oh, you can sleep with man or woman and all those funny, funny stories, man, uh, woman, woman, man, man, man becoming girl, girl becoming boy, all of those things are what man can come up with. And there's no end to it if you don't know. Because man in himself cannot set boundaries. He can only go off in a voyage of discovery or a voyage of foolishness. Only God can set the boundaries because he made man. Glory to God. And when we hook up to him, we can live a life that is failure-proof. There are people who have had their careers, destinies, distorted, just because they got, got pregnant at the wrong time. Pregnancy in itself is good and celebrated. But done at the right time, it can set somebody off course completely. Some people don't recover from it. A friend tells me of a story of a young lady who used to be like the most beautiful girl in their school. And then it got into her head and then she got pregnant and got carried away. And then she got pregnant. Today she's selling pepper, you know, in the market. Some people are able to recover, but some people don't. And I think quite many more people find it harder to recover. Because it needs a good support system to actually bounce back again. Glory to God. Or is it the person in business that see the, the, seeing the ungodly prosper is carried away? It's carried away because he has seen the wicked prosper. King David said so too. I think in Psalm 73 or 76. said, my foot almost slipped when I saw the wicked man prospering. But when I went into the sanctuary of God... I knew their end. I knew they were like rams being prepared for slaughter. Ultimately, the ministry of the devil is to what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Glory to God. And when we are carried away by things, one of the things that God wants us to know is that it's a worship question. When the devil is trying to distract you, if you know Jesus' response, he just said, Hallelujah. Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou shalt serve. It's a worship question. 
Because when you are carried away by things that are not the things that God had said, what you're doing is you're living for yourself. You are living to please yourself. And invariably, you are no longer worshiping God. You are serving yourself or Satan. But not you in the name of Jesus. Not you in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. No, um, Romans 6 verse 16 says, Know ye not to whom you yield yourself servants to, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Bible says uh, from verses 1 and 2 of the same chapter, What shall we say then? Do we continue in sin that grace may abound? Hello? Do we continue in sin that grace may abound? It says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death, therefore were buried in him by baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of God, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The last thing that, you know, I saw in Luke chapter 4 was when the devil now told Jesus, said, jump down. Jump down. He will give his angels charge over you. So that's another way that the devil tries to steal, to kill from us. Hallelujah. Somebody annoyed you in your place of work. Say, what's all that? What's all that? Why would they be doing that? I would just leave. I know God will provide, provide another job for me. Ha! They're jumping down. They're jumping down. You know, that was all. He said Jesus should jump down. He said he will give his angels charge over you. Just walk out without plan. Walk out without proper decision making. Walk out without sitting down, you know, analyzing the, you know, the situation and knowing exactly what you need to do. You are jumping down. And Jesus' response, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. You know, and he said that a lot of times, all of that is poor decision making. Ignorance, carelessness, not giving sufficient thought or attention. People have walked out of destiny jobs because somebody got them angry. Hallelujah. Or because somebody said something that they did not like. I remember a particular story I was told that there was a particular man that resigned his job. Somebody annoyed him, so he resigned. He dropped his resignation letter. Then when he got home, the wife said, eh? You cannot resign. Who told you to resign? You better go back to the office and say you are not resigning again. <laughs> so when you go back to the office, the woman said, you have resigned. Said, I resigned in annoyance. Said, too bad. You have resigned. But not you in this place in the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes people just think we can walk in and walk out, walk in and walk out, or it's a project I don't even know because, you know, I will just walk out of the relationship. God says that's one way the devil steals from us. So in a year of elevation, in a season of elevation, you will sit down. Say amen. amen. You will sit what? Down. You will sit down. If you are making any decision, it will not be based on pressure, it will not be based on anger. It will be carefully thought through, you know, before you act. You will not walk out on anybody. Hallelujah. One of the things that pastor said is don't underestimate the relationships in your life. Sometimes you underestimate the, the things, the relationships, the jobs that God has given us, the relationships that God has given us. We underestimate them. We're just careless. Careless means you did not give it sufficient thought, 
to be able to take a course of action that will not be harmful to you or to the people that you're leading. But not you in the name of Jesus. The devil will no longer put anybody under any pressure. Hallelujah. When it comes that thought, you say, right? You are saying that, but that's not the plan. I plan to be here for the next three years. Or I plan to do business with this person. So we're going to look at what went wrong. We're going to analyze it. We're going to be very objective. And we're going to do whatever it is we need to do in love. But I'm not going to quit under pressure. I'm not going to quit in anger. Hallelujah. And that way, hallelujah, then we can find out what the issues are. Then we can elevate. We can make adjustments where we need to make adjustments. Hallelujah. Rather than walk out, then you walk out and realize that you have to still pass that test again. Then you come back to it. How many of you have been there before where it looks like you're struggling with a particular test? Then you, you thought you walked out. Then you got into another place. It presents itself again. It says, I'm here for you to elevate. You've got to pass this test. Are you ready now or you quit again? And some people quit and quit and quit, but no more in the name of Jesus. Because it's your year of elevation. Because it's your year to fly and to fly high, and to fly at sustained heights in the name of Jesus Christ. No more quitting. No more living anyhow. And that's how some people also quit marriages. Careless. God will take care of me, will take care of my children, will take care of me, will take care of my children, will take care of me, take care of my children. Then some people think the solution is to divorce. And I've realized that with divorce, I don't know, I've not been through it, but it seems to me that the problem just metamorphoses. It looks to me like it's a metamorphosed matter. Maybe not all the time, but maybe some, most of the time. Now they are not, it's not that man or the woman that used to be the issue that is the issue. Sometimes it's that, my child, I need to take custody of my child. Then I have pain and agony because I'm separated from a particular child. And I'm wondering how will I see this child. And then the person is carrying pain. It's a new marriage. The wife loves him. The daughter, this, the husband loves him. But they are still struggling because there's a fruit from the old marriage that somehow they have been unable to really, really settle. It seems to me that maybe, thank God the scripture is complete. It's just not the perfect plan. Hallelujah. 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 Careless. Or oh, ladies, I just, you know, I, I mentioned getting married. Sometimes good people get married, get pregnant because they're just careless. Glory to God. And sometimes that carelessness now messes something good that God gives to them. A good relationship. And that's why sometimes you need to be very, very careful. If we say don't hang out with a man in the night, in his house, his private apartment, alone, it's for your good. But you do a free fall and say, I'm going to jump down. I will be there. I know God will take care of me. Is it not Brother Lagbaja is a good man? And I'm Sister Lagbaja, I'm a good man. Nothing will happen. Something will happen. And by the time it happens, it sometimes for the brother or the sister, it takes so much guilt, the relationship even comes apart. Something good that was meant to end up in marriage. Or for some other people, it's just somebody from somewhere that they were just hanging out with. No business with their destiny. They are not going anywhere together. He has no business with. They shouldn't even be around that person at all. Because they are not headed in any in the same direction. Hallelujah. But some people get carried away. Hallelujah. They're just careless. They just like the flow. We just like the gifts. He takes care of us. He knows how to open the door. And you're just playing along. You know it in your heart that this thing has no bearing with where you're going and with your destiny. 
But they are just, they are being careless. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are being careless. Because you ought to guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it are the forces of life. Glory to God. Glory to God. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. So how do you have life and have it more abundantly? In um, 2 Peter chapter 1, Simon Peter from verse 1, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained life precious faith through, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power, verse 3, had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Hallelujah. How do we partake of life through knowledge? The first time we encountered that life or when we, was when we embraced the saving knowledge of our Savior. When we gave our life to Christ. That was our first encounter with that life. Glory to God. That was how we became partaker of that life. And the Bible says as the Father has life in himself, he has given you know, the Son to have life in himself. And this is the record that we have eternal life. And that life was in the Son. Glory to God. When we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, was our, our encounter with that life. We came into that saving knowledge. But it doesn't end there. Hallelujah. Say, tell somebody for me, it does not end there. <laughs> to have a life of abundance, to live that life to the full till it overflows, to live an abundant life, you have to go beyond just being saved and coming to church. You know, Pastor C has been emphasizing that when Jesus said, you know, the Spirit of God is upon me, he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, that he wants to save the people at the bottom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But sometimes the people at the bottom are just content with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then, let my pastor do it. Let my pastor do all the praying. I will do all the asking from my pastor or from my unit head. But the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar because every one of us, each one of us, have been called to a glorious destiny. Every one of us has been called to a life of glory. Every one of us can arise to the fullness of Christ. That's God's desire for each and every one of us. Say, God's desire for me is glory. It's to live a life of glory. He wants to elevate you. He wants to promote you. He wants to promote everyone. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're coming from, God wants to raise you. Bible says he leaves the poor out of the dunghill and he sets them among the princes of his people that you will walk among princes. That is every man's destination. And that is why when you look at Bible says the invisible things of God are clearly understood by the things that God has made. When you walk out and you see the stars, you see each one of them shining. Hallelujah. And none is disturbing the other from shining. All of us can be all that God has created us to be. And we will not, there will not be competition in the house. You will not disturb the other person. All of us can live a life that is full, that is rich, that is abundant, that is glorious, that is excellent. That is the life you and I have been called to live. Hallelujah. We will no longer allow the devil to steal from us. We will no longer allow the devil to destroy what belongs to us. We are going to rise up and take up all that is ours. Hallelujah. As Apostle Paul says it, he says, Hallelujah. According as his divine power has given to us, all things that pertain to life, say, I have been given. I have been given. Hallelujah. He has given unto us. A few things that pertain to life and godliness. A few things. All things that pertain to 
knowledge of him. You really must grow in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. The word knowledge in that place talks about a recognition, a discernment. It means to fully recognize, to fully discern. Hallelujah. To fully acknowledge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are certain things that you need to fully acknowledge. You need to fully discern. You need to fully know for yourself. You need to be persuaded about. Hallelujah. And I'll just read some of them to you from Ephesians chapter 1, which is Apostle Paul's prayer. I'll read from the contemporary English version. It says, my prayer is that light will flood your heart and that, number one, you will understand the hope that was given to you when God chose you. Do you know the hope that was given to you when God chose you? You've got to know that. You've got to be established in that. You've got to be convinced. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to design it. You've got to be convinced that that's the hope. God did not just bring you to himself so that you can be a baby Christian all your life, so that you can just come to church, you don't know how to pray, or the same one-line prayer you knew before you got saved, that is the only prayer you will ever know. No, God wants you to grow up to the head of the body in all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The hope that was given to you. Romans chapter 8 verse 24, we are saved by hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what anyone sees, why does he also hope for it? But if we hope for that which we did not see, then we wait for it with patience. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. These are the people God chose because that was his plan. God knew them before he made the world and he decided, say he decided, that they would be like his son. You were born to be like Jesus. You were born to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. You were born to walk in the fullness that Jesus walked in. That is the life you were called to walk in. That is the abundant life you were called to walk in. That your life will fully reflect Jesus. Your life, my life, should fully reflect Jesus. Glory to God. Ephesians 4, 13 says that is why we have the church. That is why we set up the church. Till we all come in the unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. Say, no more children. No more children. Tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. We are no longer carried away as babies. We are growing up. Another word wave session is coming. Another opportunity for you to get trained in the basics of the word of God so that you can elevate, so that you can live a life of triumph, so that you can live a prayer approved life. You've got to know the hope that was given to you in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your vision for you is not your pastor. Your vision for you is Jesus. To be conformed to the image of his son. Hallelujah. In his power, in his glory. Hallelujah. In his prosperity, to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the destination. That's the image. Not your pastor's jeep. Your destiny is much bigger than that, baby. Your destiny is much bigger than that. Much more glorious. Say with me, I have a glorious destiny. God's desire for me is to be conformed to the image of his son. Hallelujah. And I embrace that image. Oh God, you didn't hear me. Say, I embrace that image. I embrace that image. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 19? Also, there is hope that at his coming we will be like him. Hallelujah. That 
that will be raised to life at the coming of Jesus and that he will bring us into the kingdom of his father. Glory to God. That Jesus is coming again. Tap your neighbor for me. Say Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, I'll be raised up with him. I'll be raised up with him. It's a hope. It's an expectation. Hallelujah. It says in my father's house there are many mansions. It's a hope. I go to prepare a place for you. It's a hope. Hallelujah. We don't just have hope in this world. We don't just have hope that we will prosper here. We don't just have hope that we will be blessed. We don't just have hope that we'll live a glorious life. We have a hope that one day we will reign with him. We will reign with him. It's our hope, it's our expectation, it's a glorious hope. Bible says we have been begotten again to a lively hope. Hallelujah. Say I've been begotten to a lively hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember I went to Singapore one time and I'm like, oh my God, why is Nigeria like this? See my consolation. I said in my father's house, there are many mansions. (laughs) Hallelujah. I just looked around me and I was like, wow. But I just remembered the scripture. In my father's house, there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. It's a hope. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're talking about the things that you must know, that you must be convinced about, so that you can live a life of glory. Hallelujah. The next thing they prayed about in that First Corinthians, um, Ephesians, is that you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. You are not a beggar. You were not born to manage. You were not born to survive. You were born with an inheritance. Did you hear that? Ephesians 1.11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. God is never stranded. I don't know where you were born. I don't know where you are at. God is never stranded. He knows how to work all things after the counsel of his own will. You were destined for glory. You were born to obtain an inheritance. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. The devil came too late. When he was stealing the life of Jesus, he thought it was all that. But thank God for the wisdom of God. When he had Jesus, he thought he had the world. He thought it was over. He did not know it was the beginning of life in abundance. It did not know that is what will give you the abundant life. It did not know because of that it will no longer be able to hold you down perpetually. You can break free. Whoever the Son of God sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He has begotten us to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. The inheritance you have is not affected by the economies of this world. It's not affected by the exchange rate. It's not affected by the dollar in the system. It's not affected by the level of crude oil production. In the name of Jesus, your inheritance is reserved in heaven. It fades not away. It does not de- it reserved for you. It has your name on it. Hallelujah. It has your name on it. Your inheritance has your name on it. In the name of Jesus. And from today you begin to lay hold. 
We are not going to allow stealing and killing and destroying. We know who the devil is. We know how he comes. We are going to stand our ground and say, no, I'm not going to call stone bread. That stone. That stone. I'm going to live by the word of God. I'm not going to live by the compromised destiny because of food. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have a, a, a repeat of, you know, error like um, so, he, he so did. Who sold his what? It's bad right because of a muscle of food. I'm not selling my bad right. I'm not selling my bad right. I know who the thief is. He can't steal from me. He can steal from his own, but not from me. Because Jesus has died. Jesus has died. He has begotten me to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that fades not away, that has my name on it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say, I have an inheritance. Church, you are not broke. You might not have money in your bank account, but you are not broke. You are wealthy. You are prosperous. You only need to download it. You only need to make your promises vital. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says in Galatians 3, I think Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Glory to God. Thank God for the blessing. The cost is an empowerment to fail. The blessing is an empowerment to succeed. Hallelujah. I have an empowerment to succeed. You have an empowerment to succeed. You are empowered by God to succeed, to excel, to prosper, to elevate, to, arise, to rise above all her odds. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can grow and grow and continue to grow like Genesis in, uh, like um, Isaac in Genesis chapter 26 until you become very great. Bible says the man went forward. The man grew. The man continued to grow until he became very great. That can be your testimony. That can be your testimony. That can be your testimony. That should be your testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. That should be your testimony and that will be your testimony. You will move forward. You will grow. You will continue to grow until you become very great. You will no longer be stopped in the name of Jesus. Talking about what Paul was praying that they should know. He said, I want you to know how great the mighty power that God has for his his followers. Are Are you with me in this church? I want you to know how great and mighty power, about the great and mighty power that God has for his followers. It is the same wonderful power he used when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And let him sit at his right hand in the heaven. Hallelujah. That same power is available to you. So that you might know the exceeding greatness of his power towards you. He wants you to know the power of God is for you. So the power of God is for me. Church, I want you to say it loud and scream. The power of God is for me. Shout it. The power of God is for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. When you put those words in your mouth, you are releasing life. You are partaking of your, of your nature. You are partaking of that life. That is how we live life to the full. Yeah. That's how we enjoy the abundant life. I was struggling at work this week with a particular assignment. And then I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I should just call Pastor Bella to come and do it for me. Then I was thinking, maybe I would just call him. I would just come and help me or something. Then I was thinking, isn't there somebody in this office that can help me? I've done everything I need to do on this matter. I'm even tired. You know, at this time you feel like you've gotten to that place and it's like you're not thinking again. Then I came to myself. said, I can do all things. I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Then I went to my neighbor, who is also my, my neighbor. My, my neighbor, we work in the same office. I said, I can do all things. 
through Christ who strengthens me. Then I look at our own neighbor. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then I go back to my office. I said, my, I told the guy working with me, said, you, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Then I went back to my system and sat down. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What am I doing? I'm partaking of abundant life. That life that, 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 that overflows. That life that is rich. That life that has everything that you and I will ever need. That is how we partake of it. Then I began to work on that thing, work on that thing. And then we finished, we submitted. And then 941, I got a mail. This is more like it. I jumped. I said, I can do all things. To Christ, who strengthens me. And I called my neighbor. Did you see that email? I said, I can do all things. To Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. That is how we, that, that's how we walk the life. That's how we walk the life. So when we say, say in church, say and say boldly. Because when you get home, you've got to say. When you get to your workplace, you've got to say. When you get to your business, you've got to say. When that thing is speaking at you, you've got to tell it back. I'm making huge sales this week. I call my customers from the north, the south, the east, from the west. In the name of Jesus. And they, they, they will answer you. Are we together? Are we together? Glory to God. I was talking about the power that raised up Jesus from the dead. And then, <laughs> hallelujah. Romans 4, 17 describes that power. It said, the scripture says that Abraham will become the ascensor of many nations. This promise was made to Abraham because he had faith in God. Who raises the dead alive and creates new things? If it is dead, the power that works in your life will bring it back to life. If it was non-existent, the power that works in you will create it. That is the power that is for you. And you must know it. You must be convinced of it. And then the devil will no longer be able to lie to you and steal from you. When Abraham took Isaac for the sacrifice, Bible says he received him back in a figure. He figured out that God will raise him from the dead. And God counted it that he actually slew him because he, he, he saw the image that even if I slay this boy, God will raise him up from the dead. That's the power that is for you. So that's the power that is for me. That is the power that works in you. And that is why there is no situation in your life that is impossible for you. You must be convinced. That is how we live a life that is free from failures. If it's dead, we'll bring it back to life. It does not exist to create it. Both ways we win. Head or tail, we win. Head or tail, we win. Hallelujah. Can somebody give God a big shout of praise? Head or tail, we win. Hallelujah. He also prayed that Christ rules over all forces, authorities, powers, and rulers. He rules over all beings in this world and will rule in the future world as well. So no authority in this world over your life has the final say because Christ rules over all. Christ rules over all. I don't know what your father said to you, what your mother said to you. If somebody released a cost on your life, it cannot work because Christ rules over all principalities, over all powers. Over every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. Hallelujah. Say Christ rules over all. Christ rules over all. And he has the final word. He has the final word. Your grandmother does not have the final word. What somebody said to you is not the final word. Only Christ has the final say where your life, your outcome is concerned. Nobody determines that. Hallelujah. Except you let them. But no more in the name of Jesus. No more in the name of Jesus. You will no longer let the devil steal from you. Because you know. Because you know that Christ rules over everything. Whatever was said is nothing. Christ has made nonsense of it. Abel says he became a cause for us. He became a cause for us. 
so that you and I can walk in the blessing. You must know that. You must know that. Say, Christ became a curse for me so that I can walk in the blessing. Tell three people for me, Christ became a curse for me so that I can walk in the blessing. If you're excited about that, let me hear the loudest shout. Hallelujah. Says you need to know that. But another thing, verse 22, that God has put all things under the power of Christ for the good of the church. And he has made him the head of everything. He said you must know that. You must discern that. You must acknowledge that. You must accept it to be true. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever you need, whatever you desire, God has put all things in Christ and you're in, in him. And the church is Christ's body. And it's filled with Christ who completely fills everything. Glory to God. Glory to God. You are too loaded to fail. You are too loaded to fail. You are too loaded to fail. You only need to know who you are. You only need to know who you are. That man in the Bible, what we call the prodigal son, had been feeding with pigs. Ha! Ha! Feeding with what? Pigs. A man with an inheritance. But no more in the name of Jesus. Because your eyes will be opened. Your eyes will be opened. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your eyes will be opened. And you will know what is yours. You will know who you are. And you will walk in your inheritance. Bible says when he came to himself, you will come to yourself. Amen. That is the essence of the Savior, that you will come to yourself. Amen. That the devil will no longer steal from you. Because now you know who you are. You must know it. You must be the next world wave that we are having. You must be in a training program so that you can get the basics of those things. These things were taught to me from our foundation school and from the different school t um, schools that we have been having. The different programs, teachings that we've been having, specialized teachings. Get involved with it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You must know his name. Pastor C says when you, when, you, when you call his name, he will answer. When you call his name, he will answer. You must know his name. You must know how powerful that name is. Philippians 2, 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. For the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, of things beneath the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, There's no salvation in no other one, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. In John chapter 14, verses 13 to um, 14, he said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You must know the name Jesus. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. You are going to scream it at home. Say Jesus. Hallelujah. You are going to scream it at home. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You call that name Jesus. He's the one that keeps mercy for thousands. He's a merciful and gracious God, long-suffering, abundance in goodness and truth. You call him whatever you want him to be. Whether he's child giver, house children giver. When Pastor C was saying, God is my child giver. I was calling other things last week. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you call him whatever you want him to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will just read to us. I won't be able to get into it completely. From Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. So all this knowledge will help you live a life that is failure-proof. 
said we have been given, verse 4, 2 Peter 1, exceedingly great and precious promises, that by this you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, which is what we described. All of those stories in Luke chapter 4, they were talking about desires, the corruption, the stealing, the killing that is in the world. It comes through desires. Ultimately, all the three things are analyzed. They are just desires. But thank God because we have promises. Hallelujah. Those promises will produce a conviction in your heart. So get into the word of God. Get into the word of God and begin to say, I will never be broke another day of my life. I will never be sick another day of, uh, of my life. My set time of favor has come. Jesus is my set time. Hallelujah. When I call on Jesus, he hears and answers. Hallelujah. You'll be able to say, my path is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Say, my path is like a shining light. Say, my path is like a shining light. It shines more and more. 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 On to the perfect day. Hallelujah. The more you get yourself into the word of God, into your promises, faith will come. Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you and I know that your faith will move mountains. Hallelujah. Your faith will move mountains. But in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, Beside all this, giving all diligence. And by the giving all diligence, it says, Make haste. Be earnest. Be eager to add to your faith. Amen. Say, there are things I need to add to my faith. Can you rise up and tell two people for me, there are things I need to add to my faith? (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's have our seats. Hallelujah. Beside this, add to your faith. Amen. Glory to God. The first thing he mentioned there was virtue. Excellence. Excellence. Being right, doing what is right and avoiding what is wrong. It means to be noble, it means to be decent, it means to be honorable, it means to be without reproach. Daniel chapter 5 from verse 12. Can I have Daniel chapter 5 from verse 12. It says, For as much as an excellent spirit. From verse, um, hold on. Daniel 6 4. Then the presidents and rulers sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no occasion of fault because he was faithful. Neither was there any error of fault found in him. Hallelujah. Another version of that same scripture says the administrators and regional authorities, they tried to bring allegation of dereliction, thus of duty in government affairs against Daniel, but they were unable to find any charges of corruption. Daniel was trustworthy. No evidence of negligence or corruption could be found against him. Glory to God. Daniel was in Nigeria. <laughs> Hallelujah. No evidence of neg- neg- negligence or what? Corruption. Hallelujah. Why? Because they tried to bring allegations against him of non-performance. They couldn't find. There was no error. There was no fault in him. Add that to your faith. Add that to your faith. That when they look at you at work, when they look at your at you in business, they won't be able to what? Find any error. They won't be able to say you are not performing. They won't be able to say you have errors. You know, when I was looking at that word, add to your faith virtue, I was thinking of, okay, moral excellence. I was thinking of moral excellence. Thank you very much. I was thinking of moral excellence. You know, so I just kept looking at that word and I saw that it meant being noble. It meant being decent. It meant being proper. And I said, okay, let's break. Let's try and understand this word because we, we think of morals in the sense of maybe good behavior Maybe sometimes we don't really think about it in terms of what we do at work. 
So if somebody comes to your house and doesn't flush the toilet after her, how do you see that? <laughs> you, you think she has good morals? Somehow you think there's something wrong with the upbringing. Is that not so? She eats, she dumps her plate in the, in the sink. She doesn't wash after her. What do you think? You think of her as very nice. Or she does not, she doesn't greet. She just wakes up in the morning and walks past you. You know, she, she has not seen though. She just walked past you. You know, we look at those things and we say, ah, this person doesn't have good moral upbringing. Amen. So I began to look at it in the context of the work environment. Amen. So when you saw the clothes and there are errors, Amen. It's not excellent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm also still adjusting because it was as I was preparing that I was seeing some of those things. You know, we prepare reports. It's full of errors. Hallelujah. The non-performance. They don't like me. It's not performance, but you know, the version of the person's version of it is they don't like me, but they call it non-performance. Are we together? Are we together? That we've got to embrace excellence. When you are given a contract, deliver on it. Hallelujah. Deliver on it. Let's stop saying that. Church people, ah, if you give them contracts, they will mess you up. But that should not be our testimony. Add that to your faith. Add that to your faith. Prayer will not deliver excellence. You've got to add that. Prayer will give you wisdom, but you, you must become excellent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it takes some work. Then I saw it in Proverbs. They said this lawful man is a brother to, is a brother to a great, to a destroyer, to a great waster. A great waster. Somebody that wastes resources. That the person that is slothful in his dealings, not performing, is like that person that is a great waster. Because the destiny that ought to comfort cannot comfort. The elevation that ought to comfort cannot comfort. Why? Because you are not performing. Because you are not taking care of the little details. And we all need to change that. I'm also learning myself. Say, I'm learning. And we're growing. And we're changing. So to our faith, we have been adding prayer. But you are going to add excellence. You are going to add excellence. The last I will mention is knowledge. Add knowledge. I don't have much time to talk about it, but just improve yourself and be better. Hallelujah. Give yourself the best training. Jesus learned from the best. Why they, were they looking for him for days? He sat with the rulers of his days to learn from them, to hear their thinking. And that is why when Jesus was answering them, he was answering them based on their manner of thinking. When you will look and say, Jesus is just hard. What did this man say now? What was his response? He's not answering what the Pharisee said. He's answering the reason, the motive behind that speech. And then it looks to you that this thing is bigger than, this response is bigger than the question now. No, he's answering them based on, because he knows them. He knows their heart. He knows how they think. Hallelujah. Because he was an expert in his craft. He knew what he was doing. He knew the people he was dealing with. You must become an expert in your craft. Can we rise up on our feet? The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 
810 0 0 0 0 640. 